Welcome to the Doodle Shack Podcast. This is the host, Jess Cook. Go to the website at doodleshack.org. Feel free to email me at design at jesscook.co. The Doodle Shack Podcast is sponsored by jesscook.co. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. This is Jess Cook, and I have invited two friends um, Lori Nickerson and Brendy Saunders, and we are going to talk about something we haven't talked about yet, and we're really excited about this. So say hi, guys. Hi. Hi, hi there. Everyone. So Lori, why don't you start with kind of introducing yourself a little bit and tell us anything you want to tell us right now about creativity. All right. So I am a mother of three adult kids. I taught before having kids and then was fortunate enough that I was able to stay home for 15 years and raise them, doing lots of fun things. I really think that kids, whether it's my students or my own kids, learn from hands-on, creative, and unusual ways of making unique connections. So I was home with them for 15 years, and then I went back to the classroom, man, I think it's been 11 years ago, and... Um, one of my favorite stories is I really think it's important to make learning fun. And as we know, data is huge these days. And my students were asked to fill out a survey. And one of the surveys was, my teacher makes us work hard every day. And all of my students started to laugh. We don't have to work. We just get to play all day. So that was good in the sense that I accomplished my goal in sneaking learning into creativity. Uh-huh. It makes me sad that arts can't stand on their own. So since we don't have the budget or time to make them stand on their own, I really try to sneak it in wherever I can. Well, one of my, one of my favorite quotes is from um, Einstein, and he says, play is the ultimate form of research. I love, love that quote. I use that quote a lot. <laughs> That's a great quote. That's- so thank you very much. And Brandy, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us your background and creativity. Uh, my name's Brandy Saunders. I also am a mother of three children. None of them are adults, but one of them feels like he's really close to being an adult. And um, so that's something that we're creatively challenged with every single day. Um, I'm also a teacher. I um, have taught te- taught school for a number of years as well. Um, Creativity in my life, I I grew up with a very, very creative mother. And, um, but she also was a mother that had five children and was a little bit overwhelmed. And so sometimes she would just like send us out of the house and be like, I don't care what you do, just don't come back in for a few hours. And we lived in the middle of nowhere. And so oftentimes we had to just come up with our own fun and um, I really feel like sometimes that that helped, like, kind of build my creative fire inside of me. But my mo- mother was a songwriter. She is a storyteller. She um, just makes everything creative and fun. So I feel like that's kind of, like, the base of where my creativity started. But then as I became a teacher, I, I, I also was like, Lori, I taught for a while, had my children for a while and then came back to teaching. But when I came back to teaching is when I met Lori. And truly, when she talks about how her children say, her students say that they don't think they work hard, they they are not kidding. They, they crack up 
thinking they're like, our teacher does not make us work at all because she is so readily used to teaching them through fun, creative ways. And so they, they have no idea they're learning. <laughs> it That's just awesome. Makes so That's obviously awesome. as a new as they coming back to education I was drawn to her creativity and how she worked things in her classroom and and that's one of the reasons why we become so close because that's um, our connection in teaching we you know you see a lot of different teaching teaching styles in education you do see teachers who stand up there and they gush out all of the information that children need to learn and then they wait for the kids to ask questions and then they send them on their merry way, right? That's the like typical way education has been since the beginning of, of education in general. And the, the shift now is hoping to change that where the children are more involved in that exploring and finding of the information in their own creative ways and not just regurgitating everything we tell them. Yeah. So that's yep. where we're at. Yep. And, and that's the, I saw a cartoon, a graphic, not too long ago, where it was the graphic, the infographic. It, what, it, what it was was a student, and there's on one hand, there's him. He is remembering or regurgitating what he's been taught. And on the other hand, he is given the chance to think and to problem solve on his, on his own. So what we want to make sure we have with our children is making sure they, and when they're facing problems, when they have a problem, they have something they need to find a solution to, creativity, in my opinion, is one way that they have, that they need to solve those problems they're going to be having in, in the future. But, and what I think, I think education... Oh, go, Lauren. You go. I, was say, I think education is really, really changing. Um, it used to be that kids needed to know the facts mm -hmm. because they needed to be able to just kind of give facts back. But I think in the new, the 21st century, they need to, they've got the facts in their hands. So they need to know how to find the facts, but more importantly, how to apply and how to use those facts in unusual ways. So I think by teaching kids to take risks, to be problem solvers, to know what to do when they face something that is difficult, that there is not a black or white answer to. Um, where do you go? How do you attack it? Mm -hmm. So I think thinking, teaching kids how to think and what, and just being able to encourage their thought process mm -hmm. and their attempts rather than the results, yeah. that that's a key Please. to creative yeah. problem solving. Yeah. Go ahead, Brendy. Did you want to add to that? I was going to say almost the exact same thing. One of the things that Lori taught me in her classroom, they talk, they are never, her kids, well, at, not, at the very beginning when her kids come in, they're all so scared to make a mistake, right? Every, and she actually teaches in a gifted classroom. So she, um, the, these children are used to being the top of their class. They're used to not making any mistakes. You know, they're used to everything coming quickly for them. And, um, so one of the main things that I have learned from her that I have applied in my home and in my own classroom is that we, for some reason, our society has taught us that it's not okay to make a mistake. And, and, and so people are afraid to be creative because it might not be right. And that's just so backwards of a way of thinking. Like Lori said, we have so much information just right in our fingertips from our computers and our phones and any kind of technology 
But, but what we don't have, you can't gain from technology, is the ability to use those mistakes to learn and to grow. And so she teaches her kids from the very first day, like, hey, and I can say she, but I'm going to say we because she taught me that. But we try to teach our kids from the very first day, hey, that's just a silly little mistake. It's not a big deal. We're going to be just fine. I love the way you were thinking and help them to divert their, their thoughts towards the I made a mistake to look at all of this awesome thinking that you did all the way up to that point. And, oh, look, at I can see here, this is where we, like, I want you to try this part again. And then it's not giving them an answer. It's saying, this is where I would like you to look. Check out this spot. Go back, and I want you to see what you come up with. And let's see how much more learning you can do to get to that point. In my classroom, in my classroom, I have two big sayings um, that are prominent. One is bigger than the other. The first one says practice makes better. That's in huge letters. From day one, I tell them that in our class, perfection really isn't an option. I tell them there might. I said in math, there is a perfect answer, but there are many ways to get that answer and exploring it. So we talk about how in math, there is a right or a wrong, but the process of getting there is where we learn. But in other things, it's like a piano player is never perfect. There's never a basketball player that is perfect. You're always striving to be better no matter what place you're in. And then the other saying underneath it is in smaller letters, and it's for me. When I came back to teaching, um, I knew I wanted to continue to learn, and it was a time for me to learn now that my kids were older. So I got some, I worked on an arts endorsement, on a gifted endorsement, I ended up getting my master's degree, focusing on giftedness and art within the class. And I had a professor that talked to me, said three simple words that changed the way that I teach and the way that I look at kids, and it was honor the child. And I think when we learned to look at each child and see what, what makes that child tick? Um, teach kids not to be afraid to be creative and just to find what makes them tick. So in my classroom, I have practice makes better in big letters and underneath that, honor the child. And that's what I kind of look to. And if ever I'm having a hard day, I look up and just remember those, those two things. <sighs> Guys, I can't even tell you. This is, this is awesome. The, the value that you're putting into this podcast is just, just exploding. Thank you just so much for everything you both have added. So, question: How can we make? Maybe we should start with the with our homes. How can we make our homes more creative? Um, I think about that a lot. I think the biggest thing that you can do in your home to help with creativity is to is to help is to not give your child every answer. Don't solve all of their problems for them. And, and let's be kind of honest about this. Sometimes it's way easier to just get it done, right? Like for instance, my, um, my children with chores, like, okay, my children do a lot of chores. They do a lot of the work here in our home and teaching them to do the chores the way that I want them to be done was a process. I had to be very creative on how I was teaching them to do this very normal normal thing but you know like cleaning a, a toilet or a sink or something like that you can do a, a really sloppy job and say you're done right or you can do it and really work hard to do it well and so the team that but if you just do it and if you do it out of anger and you, you know when let kids mess up and so I 
those same verbiage that I use in my classroom, truly, I use that same verbiage at home. Kaya, I love that you worked so hard on this cleaning right here. I have noticed a couple of places. Come look with me. Show me what places you think look the best. Show me what places you think could use some more work. And right away, they, they see it, right? They know where they have probably not done their very best work. And then I compliment her and I say, hey, thank you so much for doing this better. I love the way that you have worked so hard and you are being diligent in making yourself better in this area, whatever. There's definitely, and Lori is awesome at this verbiage. So Lori, I know because she's taken these classes and that's, that's the thing that I'm learning it from her. And I really feel like this is these, there's a, a good way to say things to kids, not even just to kids, to any human to help them to not feel inferior, not feel like what they, you know, to validate the, the work that's been done. So I'm going to pass it to, to Lori and see what you Okay, two parts. A simple answer on what I did in the home. Again, my kids are all adults now, but they're all three very successful, independent kids that definitely haven't followed my path, which is good <laughs> because I want them to think out of the box. Even though none of them went to the University of Utah, I don't forget that. I have a Utah State, go Aggies, that's for Brandy. And my daughter just got her master's at SUU, and then my son is finishing up Westminster. So all three of them, and they've all been on scholarships, so they've done good things. And one of the things that I think fosters creativity is boredom. I think so often kids are overwhelmed. And I remember, I'm dating myself, but I remember when the big thing in cars were DVD players. And my kids didn't see me get mad very often, but when we'd be driving down the street and I would see little kids in the back of their car driving through town watching Disney movies on screens, I would give dirty looks in my mind. I wouldn't turn, but I just think, I think kids are getting so used to being entertained that they need time. They need downtime just to. Mm, that's very good just to explore and to be bored. And kind of a fun story is a few years ago, we let the kids plan a trip and I didn't put a price tag on it. I said, you guys just plan what you want to do. And I was expecting something pretty extravagant and they wanted to do a road trip. So now we had three nearly adult kids on a road trip together playing the same games that we used to in a car. And it was just one of those magical moments. And one of your favorite trips, right, Lori? Oh, definitely. I remember even talking about it when you guys came back. Yeah, we we laughed. I'm a, I'm a huge coffee drinker, and into the trip, we would we would make travel and family time a priority. Even when we were one income and struggling, we would budget a thousand dollars for a week long trip that included a rental car. And on this <laughs> other trip, we stopped at coffee shops. And about a day and a half into the trip, my son looked at me and said, "Mom." I think you've spent more money on coffee than we used to spend on food. And I, <laughs> I chuckled because I couldn't argue with that. <laughs> but with um, what Brandy was saying with um, the motivation and creative in creative ways, I think one thing that has harmed creativity is to reward kids for everything they do, where they're doing it for a trophy or for a sticker or for some experience just a, a physical reward and what I really try to do in my class for things that matter is not have the kids do it to get the award but to do it because they know that it's improving themselves they know just that feeling of doing what's right and 
seeing growth, I think, is is huge rather than doing it to get. Now, I have to admit, if it comes to cleaning the floor, I'm the first one to get out of Skittle and say, hey, but when, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when it comes to what really matters, um, there's so much competition. I think when kids learn that we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses, and when I can be vulnerable with my kids, I think, and my students, I think it really helps. I had an unusual chance to be part of the BYU Beverly Taylor Sorensen Arts Leadership Program that is offered through our state. It's an amazing grant. If anyone ever has a chance to look into it more, I would strongly recommend it. They also have a website that is amazing that's filled with all the materials. But when I was asked to do it, I kind of laughed because I, I don't consider myself artistic. And I, I think I knew I had creativity but wouldn't really acknowledge it because I can't sing well. I can't draw. Um, I can't act. That's part of teaching every day. But through being around people that are passionate about the arts, I learned that, no, I'm not the best artist. No, I'm not the best singer. But I am creative, and I can improve from where I am. Like this summer um, – I'm working personally on trying to draw a face that looks human. <laughs> and I remember we do these little class t-shirts, and this will, I'll tell you the name after Brandy. But that to see me, and I had tried to draw a face, and this little guy comes in and he just giggles. He says, "Mrs. Nickerson, your mouth kind of looks like a banana." <laughs> And, and it did, and just learn to being able to laugh at attempts and just have fun is what I love. Um, it just makes learning come to life when kids can express themselves in unusual ways and when they can find those unusual connections. Because learning is so much about making personal connections, not about memorizing facts. And I think by offering a class with creativity that's a safe environment, that kids are just going to to blossom. And we kind of have a vested interest in this because they are our future. Yep. And I don't want kids um, that are by the book. I want them to think outside of the book, write their own books, their pages their own way. Jess, can I add to that real quick? Yes, please. I, um, I was thinking about this a lot while we were preparing for this podcast. And I was thinking about um, when my children were really young, and I'm sure, I mean, we're all parents, but um, you know when you buy your children a toy when they're young, and they don't play with the toy, but they play with the box it came with, and it's like, it can be creative to like anything. Like I remember some of my kids would just like play with those boxes, and it became so many different things, and just one sitting in the toy was just like thrown away, right? And so we are, like when Lori was saying that she is creative. She might not be the best artist or the best singer, but she is creative. I feel like we're born, we are born with creativity inside of us. It's in there. And some of us, it comes more readily than with, than others, for sure. But I, I have yet to see a child not foster some creativity at some point in time. And what happens is that, you know, that gets cycled a little bit because they want to be right. They don't want to make mistakes, you know. But, um, I love the chance that we have. I was reading um, some information about creativity in the classroom um, from some college writings that on the on web on the web today, and 
um, one of them was talking about how, the, you know, because these children are our future, they need to think outside of the box so much more than generations before them just because of the nature of um, the time that we live in and, and how important it is and how we need to help them. But, you know, just like anything else, if you like go up to a kid and say, you have to be more creative, they're going to just shrink back. You know, the biggest and best way for us to teach creativity is through our example and to help them. And like Lori was saying, let them be vulnerable in front of your children, in front of your families and your friends and make mistakes. Let that happen. Let them see that, oh my goodness, I just made a little mistake. Oh, I bet you I can do a, bit, a little bit better this next time, you know, things like that. And allow them to see that, and then and then celebrate those that change and that growth once it happens. With looking at things a little bit different in a classroom, um, there have been studies. I don't know the exact study, but that that was one of the an Ivy League school that required med students to take an art appreciation class, mm -hmm. and studies are showing that when kids learn to analyze art and to see things different, that they are better doctors because they look beyond mm -hmm. beyond just what is there so we'll use like in my classroom i'll take a simple portrait or a simple picture and we look at we i can teach reading comprehension through observing pictures we talk about angles and math concepts and patterns within the picture we can try to recreate the picture we tableaus to it just a simple drawing or a simple painting um, could provide a week of curriculum and it just it's just different it's something that kids want to do and some kids that might be shy talk more some that might talk more might sit back and observe more and both of those skills it's great to be a better listener and a better observer and it just it gives kids a different outlet than a traditional classroom which I think is is huge oh, I don't even know where to start you guys are amazing you guys nailed so many things and um, I wish we could go on forever and we probably sh could do this again I think we should do this <laughs> again actually but for both of you to, to sum up Brandy, why don't we start with you, and then we'll end with Lori. But, Brandy, what's your takeaway? What's the one thing you want to tell people as we part? Um, I think I probably would tell people that creativity is super important, yes. But don't let it overwhelm you, you know. If you would like some, and that's the thing, is I feel like people, like Lori was like, yeah, I can make a whole curriculum out of, you know, a week-long curriculum out of, out of one picture. I'm sure there's, like, 5,000 people saying, uh, not me, I'm, I probably wouldn't be able to do that, you know, we do, but that's the whole thing, like, put yourself out there, find, go, you know, look up resources of how to be more creative, there's, there's so much information out there, take a class, do what you can, and, but if not, start small, you know, just like anything in life, what's one more way that you can be creative, okay, today I'm going to, I'm going to make a mistake in front of my child and we're going to laugh about it. Or, you know, or I'm going to teach my children this, but I'm going to do it in a way that's completely different than I normally would have done it. And so you have to take risks. But the biggest thing is you can't just, just because you don't feel like it's easy, don't just say that it's not worth it. Anything that's hard is worth trying if it's going to bring something better to your life and the lives of others. And I, I just, I feel strongly about this. I mean, I am 
so far behind where Lori's at, but that's the thing is like, I have people that I can look up to and I, and, and to learn from, and, and that's for me, that's where I plan to do it. That's just the way it's going to be for me. Perfect. Thanks, Brendan. Go ahead, Lori. Mine, again, in a nutshell, would be to remember practice makes better and to honor the child, um, that life is a journey. Each one of us has so much potential. As a teacher, my biggest dream is that when my kids leave my class, they look back and remember that we had fun. That the number, I always tell my kids their number one thing is that I want them to feel safe, both physically and emotionally. And when kids learn to make, and again, I think true learning comes when you make connections and teaching kids to make unique connections that are personal to themselves. Um, it, it's hard at first, but it becomes so natural the more that I've practiced it. I look at where I am now compared to where I was even five or six years ago, and I'm a totally different teacher. Um, making those personal connections, knowing that it's okay to make mistakes, and being able to express themselves through, through different outlets. Like I said at the first, it really saddens me that the arts cannot stand by themselves in today's world. Um, but unfortunately, it's kind of the world that we're in. So if you get lemons, you make the lemonades and make lemonade. And, and for me now, what I think of arts integration, I'm not quite sure if I'm integrating art into my curriculum or, or integrating curriculum into art. It's becoming kind of seamless that it's just kind of one and the same. And it makes teaching fun. It's even when we were teaching online, um, we found ways to keep it creative, to find, even if it was making funny faces and taking screenshots at a Zoom class or talking about emotions, just in a nutshell, just seek the extraordinary. Thank you for joining us. Visit the website at doodleshack.org. The Doodle Shack podcast is sponsored by JessCook.co. We will see you next time. Keep on creating.